Hey guys, and welcome back to Grace of a Military Child and Life podcast. Life from the perspective of a military family member is way different than a civilian standpoint. Military children and family members give up their hopes and dreams to be able to stand by and support their service member, and it isn't an easy lifestyle for anyone to live. I hope that this podcast is able to help connect the military community and give others just a glimpse into what the military life is like from the perspective of spouses and children. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Grace of a Military Child and Life podcast. Today, I'm here with Athens, who is a military spouse. So welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm doing good. So start by kind of telling me about what it's like being a military spouse and what some of the experiences you've had are. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been a military spouse for about 12 years and it can be super fun and it can also be crazy and just everything from moving from every one to like four years and living even overseas and everything like that. I never imagined that growing up, I would have that kind of lifestyle, but I absolutely love it. I couldn't imagine my life any other way. Yeah. It's really a crazy lifestyle. You know, I haven't experienced it from the spouse side really yet, but from the kid's perspective um, and, you know, talking to other people, it's, it's so unpredictable and you can never kind of imagine what'll happen next. Yeah, for sure. Like I just try to even think about like, what's my life going to be like next year? For example, we're moving to Japan, um, Okinawa, Japan next month. And I don't even know what to fully expect once we get there or if I'll like it. And it's just crazy, but I'm really excited because how else would I ever move to Japan in life? Like I, right. I wouldn't have. So just the opportunities are endless with the lifestyle. Yeah. And, you know, experiencing different cultures and different locations, like you would never get to experience that, you know, living in a civilian lifestyle, because like you just said, who gets to move to Japan? <laughs> like, yeah, you never know. <laughs> <live there>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, most people just go on vacation there. Like that's, that's about it. You know? <laughs> yep. And it's not nearly the same. So no. definitely excited for it. We're just in the process now of getting like everything together and organized. And those are the less fun parts of the lifestyle. So, right. Yeah. What are some of the the struggles that you faced, you know, kind of yeah. being a seasoned spouse? What, what kind of struggles have you faced? So I would say when we first were um, married, it was pretty difficult because I grew up in like the New Jersey area and I went to college in um, Philadelphia. So all my friends and my family like were back up in the Northeast and um, we lived in the panhandle part of Florida. So that was just an adjustment, like moving to a completely new location, not knowing anyone, um, being far away, and then just being like so young and stuff like that. Um, I couldn't just like easily hop on a plane and fly home or anything like that. Like I had to kind of create my own life and everything. So um, getting adapted initially was tough, but now at this point in life, like I'm not even faced by it. I know what I can do. I know how to go out and make friends, but you know, just being like 23, that was intimidating. Um, some of the other struggles were just like through the deployments and everything like that. Again, it comes back to just being alone in a location, whether or not I knew someone, um, for instance, like 
Chris, when he would deploy, it would be like four or five months. And there were occasions where I was just like, okay, if something breaks or I need help with this, like I don't have anyone to call. Like, how do I deal with this? So I just learned throughout the years how to kind of navigate those situations, be able to make friends and everything like that. And to at least have like a couple that I can rely on and just also being self-sufficient as well. Yeah. Because, you know, you have to be self-sufficient. You can't say, okay, I'm going to rely on you to complete, you know, tasks X, Y, Z when, you know, during the day. And Mm -hmm. because there's going to be days when they're not there and days when, you know, they come home super late and you're like, okay, well, I had to do, you know, all of this by myself. Yeah. You have to go through those, those seasons of loneliness of figuring out, okay, what am I going to do? do now and how I'm like, am I going to survive these next couple months? Yes. And at first it's very like daunting and you don't know really how to navigate it, but definitely with the experience, you just, you get more seasoned. Like you said, you just understand what you need to do and prioritize and think of the things that are important to you and try to find like friends that have those same qualities and characteristics. Yeah. What was important to you? What what were those those points for you? So for me, my career has always been super important. Just like even like growing up and everything, I was pretty ambitious and always wanted to get good grades and do all the extracurriculars and excel as much as I can. So again, for being a military spouse, that can kind of completely ruin your career because you're moving so frequently. And there's some employers who don't want to hire a person that they know that aren't going to be there long-term, or you're trying to figure out an area and you don't have a network. So um, for me, always making sure that I stayed developed academically, like I went back to school for um, a master's degree and I changed it from a business degree over to a public admin. So it suit needs of the government more. And even like now I'm on maternity leave and I'm still taking courses and everything for my finance certification. So just staying on top of everything, um, career eyes for me is very important because I like to have the independence of my own career. And plus two, like I've also networked and made a lot of friends through being, you know, going into the office and everything like that. Yeah. I've talked with other spouses who, you know, are very career driven and career focused and, you know, stepping into that role of the military life, you have kind of stigmatism of dependa where it's like Mm -hmm. you have to rely on your spouse to basically keep you going and to provide for you and your family. But it's like, you can have your own career. It's not, it's not easy. It's you face the challenges and struggles of finding a job and just moving, you know, and employers don't want to keep you. And once you figure that out and, you know, navigate those struggles, you know, a career to a spouse is very important in many cases. For sure. Just even um, when like if Chris was deployed, having a set schedule just from working, like it's those little things you don't think about, but they help pass the time and keep me going. And I know that I'm spending time on myself and developing myself by having a career. So I understand the difficulty because I had a lot of friends that when our husbands would deploy, since they weren't working, they didn't feel the need to stay in the location. They would like go back home to where their families were from and everything like that. So it was kind of just like a revolving door of like, yeah, it's going to be difficult to have a job and to create a career if you're not there. But at the same time, I understand why you wouldn't want to be there alone. 
Yeah. Because, you know, especially if you don't have that network of friends and that community that you've created, because some people aren't there for long, you know, when Mm -hmm. their spouse deploys, it can be very quick. And if you don't have that network and community around you, or if you're not willing to step outside of your comfort zone and create that, it's very lonely and it's a challenge and a struggle. And you're like, okay, I'm just going to go back to what my normal was because you don't have, you know, a career or wherever it may be for, for you to keep you going and keep you on that same schedule. For sure. Yeah. So you have a very unique way of giving back to not only just the military community, but military kids. So can you tell me a little bit about how all that started and what it's been like for you? Yeah. So um, we were living in Alabama and at the time it was just, uh, I only had one kid, my son Atticus, and he was about like a year and a half. And uh, we found out that we were going to be moving to Tampa, Florida. So at this point, pandemic's going on. No one knows what to expect or anything like that. And everything's like, just like shut down. So his preschool was shut down. Um, we're working from home and everything. And he couldn't do his swim lessons or anything that he normally would do. So at that point, I was just researching books that I could read to him and to keep him entertained at home. And since that, we knew that we were going to be moving to just try to build some excitement for the move. Right. And um, I was also pregnant with his sister, Calista, at the time, too. So I was also trying to like find books with like sibling involvement and everything. So I couldn't really find anything about um, a PCS, like a relocation for military. There were like a few books out there and everything like that. But for his age group and everything, I didn't know if he would understand it. Right. So I just started to come up with like a story on my own that um, I created. And obviously, I wanted to put him in it so that he would be excited to see himself in a book. And yeah, I just thought it was going to be something that like, I just kept around the house or maybe just gave to a couple friends. And I told my family and my few good girlfriends about it. And they thought that it was really beneficial. So at that point, um, I just it kept developing the story and I, uh, researched like how to get an illustrator, my illustrator, Cody Taylor, he's amazing. Um, and then I had to figure out how to put the book together and to just distribute it and everything, have it published. And it's been a whirlwind. Like I never expected it to be as successful as it is. Cause like I said, it was just a project that I was doing at home, but, um, I love it. And just being able to know that, like, I am able to help other military families who are going through the same situation means the world to me because like I said, like this lifestyle can be crazy and you need resources and tools to help you navigate certain obstacles that you're going through. So that's why I created the Military Child Chronicles series. Yeah. And, you know, even when I was younger and I was about nine, uh, yeah, I was nine when my dad deployed for the first time um, where I was like old enough to to comprehend what was going on. Yeah. You know, there weren't many books, you know, for, for kids. And that was in 2011. Like, yeah. you know, it wasn't that long ago, but it was still, you know, a long time ago, but you know, it's that time frame, And so there weren't many, you know, books or even resources for military kids that, that, you know, made it those challenges and struggles easier and said, Hey, you're not alone. Like, you know, here's a book mm-hmm. explaining what's going on or, you know, what you're facing is actually real. 
Yeah. And also too, like there's some locations as military families that you could be living in where there's not a lot of other military families around you or anything like that. So with kids, especially when they're young and everything, they don't know like what's normal or, you know, they might not want to necessarily share how they're feeling. So I just figure from a military family perspective for us all to be able to initiate conversation about what's going on in our lives our worries, what we're excited for. Like, that's why I have this whole series kind of focused around that. Like at the bottom um, of the pages, I have activities that you can do as a family where, you know, it helps build excitement for a move instead of dreading having to do it. And also gets you guys all talking with one another and forming memories that you can look back on and everything. So that next time you have to do it, you're not as scared to do it. Yeah, because it can be scary. And like we, I grew up in a reserve family, so we didn't even move and we lived in a civilian community. So everyone around us was all civilians. I had one military, uh, you know, related friend. And, you know, I mean, she understood, but at the same point, like if you don't even have those conversations going within your family of this is what I'm, I'm struggling with this is what I'm excited for like those little activities like it's gonna be a struggle especially when you have children who don't understand what's going on and you know just being able to comprehend everything happening yeah and and like it's just so much and it changes day to day so yeah Yeah. can you kind of give me without giving too much of the story away. Yeah. Kind of like a storyline of what what happens. Okay. So for the first book, I have two books. Um, the first one's Mission My First PCS. And then the second book is Mission Mistletoe. Um, for Mission My First PCS, um, my son Atticus gets notification that his family is going to be relocating to the Florida area. And all he's ever known was Alabama. Like he's only known the same house, same friends same teachers, same activities. So Mm. this just totally pulls the rug out from underneath of him that he doesn't know where to begin kind of. So we just go through um, the challenges and obstacles that he's facing and how his parents are involved with the relocation and having these activities and things that he can look forward to for the move and showing him that it's not as scary as he may think and that He'll have a house again. He'll have teachers that he loves. He's going to make new friends and he can still be friends with his old friends as well. So it just kind of illustrates uh, the roller coaster of emotions that he went through and that what he needs to do to be okay and to feel okay. And then yeah. for the second book, um, Mission Mistletoe, again, it's like my family, my kids, my husband, everything involved in it. And uh, with that one, we focus about the importance of having a military community Because especially over the holidays, a lot of military families can't come home to be with their loved ones. Like if they're living overseas, it might be really expensive or really hard to get a flight back home. So often your military um, friends, especially in overseas locations, they're like a form of family to you. Right. Um, When we were like in England, we celebrated all of our holidays our friends and everything like that. So with Mission Mistletoe just shows the importance of uh, building a military community that you can lean on during hard times and everything like that. And again, there's activities more geared to like the holidays, like a cookie swap and everything to get you to know your neighbors or just branch out and everything. Yeah. 
you know, those are both like, you know, topics that are really, you know, important for, you know, not even just kids, but for everyone in the military family and community and, you know, everyone, even in the civilian worlds to understand the like, you know, Hey, this is what we're going through. This is what we're experiencing. And it's so special that you included your family inside of it to, you know, make it seem more realistic for you and for your kids too. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And just even like when we were living overseas in England, um, again, like the importance of having community, uh, we didn't live on base or anything. So I had all British neighbors in a small little town. And like my neighbors would invite me over for dinner and stuff when they knew that Chris was out of town. And that was huge to me because like, I didn't have kids at the time. You know, I didn't have anyone that like lived like in my neighborhood that I was friends with and stuff like that. So it just, again, it really helped out. And I really appreciate that they were able to understand that being alone for me is difficult, especially in another country. Yeah. And, you know, just it shows a lot, you know, that they invited you over, but it also shows a lot that they're, you know, they're from another country, like you're, you're living in another country, you know, and they took the second to say, Hey, you know, we kind of see that this isn't a hard time. Like, you know, would you like to come over and, you know, just those small acts of kindness, like are huge. They go a long way. Yes. What are some of the successes you've had from this book? And like, you know, being military spouse of the year, which congratulations yeah, for that. Thank you. you know, how, how have those successes like made, you know, this seem all real and worth it? It's just one of those things, like it all happens so quickly that like, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. <laughs> and so, um, but like I said, it's just, it's crazy. Like I've been on the news and everything, um, seeing like articles, like from various countries written about like my book and my journey and everything. Like, it's just mind blowing to me because it happened just astronomically quickly. And also too, with like working full time and I just had another baby. So now I have three kids, like a lot's been going on. So (laughs) I still haven't really had a chance to process everything, but I mean, it's really cool. Like, especially to like, um, we went to lunch with a couple that we know, okay, it's kind of confusing, but they live <laughs> in a part of Japan that we're going to be going to, but their parents live in Tampa. So they were okay. visiting their family. So we went to lunch with them and uh, the um, one spouse, she told me, she was just like, oh, like I bought your book before I even knew who you were. And I was oh just my like, goodness. like, you know, what are the odds of that? And just hearing it, like how it helps or like if they're gearing up to move and that they bought their child the book and everything, like, I'm just glad I've been able to get it out there and help people. Yeah. And, you know, that's what a lot of these spouses that I'm speaking to and kids and family members, you know, just whatever their mission is, whether that's a book, whether it's another podcast or a blog or, whatever it may be, like, that's all they want to do is, you know, help and give back to the military community and, you know, help the next generation that's coming along saying, Hey, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) there's struggles along the way, but you know, it's a very rewarding lifestyle. Yeah. You just have to embrace the, the struggles and the challenges and find ways to navigate through them and to just enjoy it. Yeah. And, you know, once you figure 
out that navigation path, you know, and I do not have it down as a spouse yet. And no, once no, you figure no. it out, you know, it's it's great. And, you know, there's so many small little victories and rewards along the way where you're like, this is worth it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So the way I like to end each podcast is by asking what is another or what is a piece of advice that you would give another military spouse? I would say um, you have to believe in yourself. And just know that if you're in a difficult situation, that it's temporary and you're going to get through it. And you have to look for things that you might be interested in or spark joy for you. So whether it's just being outside in nature or picking up a hobby or just reading or anything, anything that will help you feel more calm and give you purpose and everything, I say that definitely pursue that and just embrace it. It's a great lifestyle. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Athens, for being on the podcast and congratulations for all of your, your successes and everything that's to come. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Grace of a Military Child and Life. Make sure to set a reminder for every Tuesday to listen to a new episode. You can find us on Instagram and YouTube at Grace of a Military Child and Life. If you have any questions or want to be on the podcast, send a message to one of our social media platforms or email grace.of.a.military.child at gmail.com. See you next week.